All right, cold open my story. So I've been watching, have y'all seen Catfish on MTV? Yeah, but not in a while. Okay, so there was a spinoff. Years now, yeah. So there was there's a spinoff that started in like 2019 to 2020. There's two seasons, and I was watching it the other day. The spinoff is called Ghost. Oh yeah, right? sorry, called Ghosted. Yes. yes. Okay. So it's about okay. like someone who's been ghosted contacts the show, and these are like long term ghosts. Like they were like dating for like months, or some of them are like long term friendships. Like it's not just like I got ghosted after a date. Yeah. So anyway, um. And then they like track down the person and then they kind of facilitate them like having a conversation. And then they decide, do they want to make up? Do they want to remain like ghosted? So I'm watching and I was eating. So I wasn't really looking at my screen. And then I look up and the person who's the ghost of the episode, I had like flirted with through Lex when I lived in New York City and the episode was in wow. New York City. And I was like, at first I was like, maybe I'm misremembering. You say, said, oh, did, did they, they also ghost you? Ghost you, since they were on a ghosting show. I don't exactly remember how it happened. We never met in person. It was like really early COVID days when we started chatting. So I don't necessarily remember if like they stopped responding or it just kind of fizzled out because we couldn't hang out in person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is queer representation. The episode was about her ghosting a man, but he was like, I feel like she's so experienced. She's bisexual. And he was like very like focused on that. <laughs> and I like went back and found her Instagram. I was like, yes, that is absolutely the same person. So. But can you just express though the resolution? She was in the right for ghosting him, which I was glad because she had seemed <laughs> cool. Like I had nothing against this person. We just like chatted off of yeah. Lex and never met up. Yeah, it turned out that he was a stand-up comedian, but wouldn't let her go to any, or, like, evaded her going to any of his shows. And then she snuck into one and ended up showing a video on the episode of him, like, making very crude jokes about their sex life in his stand-up. Rough. And so she was like, he was like, I don't think I did anything. And she was like, I snuck into your show. And then I never spoke to you again. Right. Which would be exactly what I would do if I was in that that person's shoes. Yeah, that makes complete Mm -hmm. sense. And actually, there are a lot of queer people on the show ghosted, both being ghosts and being the ghosted. So anyway, that's what I've been watching. Love that for us. Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that knows not all press is good press. Today we have Zoe, Adelaide, and Ozzy. And today we're talking about the queer season of Ultimatum. This is a spoiler alert. We will be spoiling the entire show. So if you haven't watched it yet, go binge it real quick. Come back. Yeah. We you, did warn you, you on multiple episodes that we were going to be talking about this. So It's so true. Um, you've had some time. <laughs> today we are also joined by a very exciting guest yeah. and certified friend of the pod, my boyfriend, <laughs> Jax. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. We're so happy welcome you're here. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about how Zoe and Adelaide watched the ultimatum together and Jax and I watched it together. So this is kind of like a double date of us getting to talk about all of our feelings about the ultimatum. Correct. I love that. <laughs> we're, we're just on a double date here. Obviously, yes. Zoe and yeah. I. 
<laughs> Correct. Long-term partners. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, Jax is an editor at the magazine Metropolis. Um, and you will hear more from them throughout this episode. But if you want to follow more of their work, follow them on Insta at Jax underscore stone. They're also um, an incredible illustrator. Yes, and textile artist, um, which I know we have a lot of fans of in the Discord. Um, and they also write a lot about like craft and design. So definitely check out their work if those are topics of interest to you. Yeah. If you're in the Crafting Kwame's channel in the Discord, exactly. this is your shit. And I'm also, channel. get in you there. Need to be in it because you're not, you didn't follow my invite link to the Discord. Well, I didn't. <laughs> oh, I'm going to join the Discord. But yes, we're going to get them in there. You can get their personal thoughts about all of the crafts that y'all make. Yes, and I also feel like in general, their illustrations have a very trans bent to them. So everyone would love that that listens to this show, obviously. Yeah, And there's so. some really cute ones of Ozzy. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> Main reason you should go to my Instagram for pictures of Ozzy. It's true. They they I are mean, our official relationship documentarian. Well, <laughs> that makes sense to... because Ozzy will not be that. So. I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> use Instagram or social media. But yeah. Jax, uh-huh. did you want to add anything else about yourself? And also required you must tell the people your chart. Your big three for sure. Yeah. Big oh three. my god. Okay. Well, no, I do not have anything else to add. Y'all are so sweet. Thank you for having me. I can't believe you've convinced me to be on a podcast. I'm notoriously anxious about podcasting. Well, you're an angel, and we're so glad you're here. My big three: Gemini Sun, Pisces Moon, and Scorpio Rising. Scorpio Rising Club. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I just want to say really briefly that I met Jax when Ozzy and Jax first started dating. Like, I knew you were going to talk about this. I (laughs) I had to spell the C because literally, like, Ozzy was like, I'm going to come. Um, house sit with you while you're house sitting, blah, blah, blah. Also, how do you feel about this person I'm dating coming random person to join us? And I was like, we also, I feel like we had barely met in person at that point. Like it was for sure going to be the most time we had ever spent together as well. Exactly. And then I was like, let me also bring another person <laughs> to the equation. Yeah. And I, but it was amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, like, obviously, if one of your dear friends is like, let me invite this new person I'm seeing to this thing, I was like, well, this is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> but luckily for us all, it went the best way it possibly could, which is Jax is a fucking superstar, and I'm so glad I got to spend time with them. So we're here we are a year later. A year later. Water trends. Water trends. <laughs> In cancer season. Oh, yeah, exactly. Happy birthday, Ozzy. <laughs> it's not at the end of the season, but thank you. So but wait, I need to know Zoe's big three. Oh, I am a Sag Sun, Libra Moon, Taurus Rising. And then the entire rest of my chart is in Sag. Almost exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I can't just share my big three because it's misleading. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, people are like, oh my God, that's so well balanced. And I'm like, not one little bit. <laughs> I know before we get into the ultimatum specifically, we wanted to talk about the history of reality TV. Yeah, just briefly, um, and please y'all interrupt me if you would like. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to go through some brief history. We haven't really talked about reality TV like in depth on the podcast before. And I, I feel like I know a lot of queer people who have watched this season because it's about queer people, but like don't understand the formula of reality TV because they don't watch it. So yeah, and that's also kind of my experience, by the way. I got into reality TV through the queer season of Are You the One, which we're going to talk about in a little yes, bit. But that's is... like, I had never watched any reality TV before that, and now I'm fully reality pilled. Yeah, I've been watching Tila Tequila since I was. Whenever it came. <laughs> and we will get to that too. <laughs> um, we will get to that. Yeah, yeah, I have watched all reality television since I was like a child staying home from school sick and watching freaking Maury, Dr. Phil and all the MTV shows. And yeah, I think, you know, not that you like have to know about reality television, obviously to watch Queer Ultimatum, but it's just like there is a formula like all genres. And so when there's things that seem like shocking or people are like, I can't believe they let these people with like clear mental health issues on the show. I'm like, reality television is people who are unwell and that's why it's entertaining um and sometimes very uncomfortable so yeah just getting into a brief history particularly in the u.s because there's reality television all over the world yeah so there were some like reality adjacent kind of radio shows as early as the 1940s but the first television reality show was called an american family and that aired in 1973 and it already were... sounds racist. <laughs> it probably was. I have never watched it, but I have read about it. Um, so, yeah, people were pretty, like, taken aback at the concept of a show where you just, like, watch people living their lives. Um, like, sociologists started writing about it being like, there is this wild new genre where it's just people in their home. Um, and as the title suggests, it was a show that followed an American family that lived in California and it was like white hetero parents and their five children. Um, interestingly enough though, the oldest son who was named Lance lead, all of their last name was lead was actually, he ended up coming out and was then like one of the first openly gay TV stars. Icon Lance. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know anything else really about him, but he is gay. So, and then the That's next, all we like, need to know that's the important info. <laughs> The next really prominent reality show that was like nearly as popular or more popular um, was in 1992 when the real words real world started on MTV. Mm, I loved that show. Actually, a lot of people did. And that is why it like blew up and reality TV like by 2000 was like really taking off. And there were shows like Survivor and Big yes. Brother. I love and these Survivor other just too. like big name notorious reality shows. And the formula for reality TV started to diversify more with like competition shows like American Idol, The Real Housewives, which brought like an entirely new type of show, like all of the Bravo verse shows. And say what you will about Real Housewives. But when Real Housewives OC aired in 2006, it was like groundbreaking. Like people were like, what is this? Um, Definitely. 
I feel like I'm a big Selling Sunset fan, and I feel like that could not exist without Real Housewives to lay that groundwork. Wait, is that a soap opera? So true. No. Oh, Selling Sunset. (laughs) Reality television show about real estate okay people. yes yes, so, yes like million dollar properties um which is definitely a descendant of real housewives i thought that it was something like the young and the restless like selling sunset mm, was like that would be amazing but, but no, anyway. it's kind of like the genre of like reality tv that's like watching dumb rich people do dumb things like the and kardashians yes. yeah <laughs> yes exactly exactly yeah yeah, also, I mean, my favorite reality show is Vanderpump Rules, which is literally a descendant of Real Housewives from Lisa Vanderpump <laughs> of Beverly Hills. Um, so, yeah. And then getting more into, like, competition and game shows specifically around dating, I realize some people might not think The Ultimatum is a competition show, but it is. You're competing to date the same people. And so for that, we can thank The Bachelor, which yes. started in 2002 and was, like, the first or one of the first in that realm, definitely the most popular. And then Flavor of Love, which started in 2006, also had a really big impact on the shub genre of just like people searching for love very publicly. Mm. At this point, a lot of people think that dating shows are like the primary form of reality TV, but that's absolutely not true. Like when I mentioned liking reality TV, a lot of people are like, I don't like romance shows. And I'm like, that is like just one little bit of what you could be watching. absolutely great british bake-off let's fucking go yeah there's this really relaxing show on netflix called oh god what's the name i don't know they're blowing glass and you just watch them blow glass Mm. and it's very relaxing i also forget what it's called but it's also the last blowing show on netflix (laughs) i was gonna say it's called blown but i'm like that sounds way too sexually i don't think that could possibly be a one Okay, but can yeah, we I- give a special shout out to the really weird competition dating show that happened on, I think it was MTV called Next. Yep. Yes. 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 Like people would literally yes. step off a show. Yeah. Yes. There was like five people on a bus. And if the person did not, was not into them, they'd just be like, next. <laughs> and sometimes they would like step off the bus and they would just be like, next. <laughs> Yeah, that was my favorite one. It's a powerful. Oh I think all the MTV <laughs> dating shows next was no, the one where the rooms they go into their rooms. Oh yeah, what was that yeah. one called? With like a black light and stuff. Black light, yeah. and there's semen everywhere. Yes. Oh my god. My favorite MTV one was I think it was called Parental Control, where like the parents hated the partner and like chose new people for them to go on dates with and then yes. all watched it together yes that no, was... i do remember that one too my mom and i oh. loved watching that together <laughs> <laughs> yeah i find that one of my special talents is getting everyone i know to like reality tv by recommending the right show for them and this has really worked it's worked life. for me multiple times actually that's true yeah I'm like a matchmaker, but it's matching people with the reality show that they will enjoy. That's beautiful. (laughs) (sighs) That's why you're my partner, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. So yeah, then getting into like other queer dating reality shows that came before this one. um, There's not many. And I do want to note that a lot of reality shows that are not dating shows have queer characters, especially like in recent years. Um, 
ranging from Vanderpump Rules, my fave, has like multiple bisexual people on it um, who like openly talk about that on the show, My Unorthodox Life, The Circle, just to name a few. What was that so one? There- Snowflake Mountain had a bunch of queer. Oh, yeah. It. Snowflake Mountain. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a lot of queer representation <laughs> in reality shows. Not that it's like about that or that it's good representation, but it's there. Right. <laughs> remember and, people are invited onto these things because they're mentally unwell so yes and there's also often like people that are openly by on some of the kind of like hetero dating shows mm. um and that's been for a while as well and like why are it, mostly that are women and like why are bisexual women on these dating shows where they can only date men i don't know but they exist and they deserve recognition yes But yeah, for today, we're going to focus on reality shows that are like specifically all queer characters, starting with Are You the One? And I know, Ozzy, you said this was your first. Do you want to explain it? Yeah, sure. Um, So, I mean, Are You the One is an existing reality dating show on MTV. Basically, it's a competition where quote-unquote experts, um, which it's never explained what they mean by that, have matched... <laughs> like, who um, are they? We do not know. Yeah, no, literally, like, I think it's just the producers of the show, but they're like, we've perfectly calculated. Like, you, they, they interview people's, like, exes and family members and stuff, and they claim to have perfectly matched. Typically, it's 10 straight men and 10 straight women, and then it's, like, into couples, and they have to figure out who their perfect match is, there's all these games and stuff to help them do that. And if they do it successfully, they win a million dollars. And they make them yell one million dollars every single time they say it on the show, which is so sad and bleak. Um, But anyway, so for this season, I think it was the eighth season of the show. um, They instead did, um, instead of 10 cis men and 10 cis women, they did 16 people of all different genders. So there were two trans people on it. um, And then people who were pan or bi. So basically like said that they could be attracted to many different gender presentations and genders. Um, So they, there were eight couples instead of 10, but then it's also harder because you could be matched with like any of the other people um, as opposed to the straight version where it's like only half the people there are like eligible to be matched with you. Um, but yeah, I guess after I watched this show, I went back and watched all the other seasons of Are You the One? And I do think yep. the queer season is the best. Oh, it um, absolutely is. Although season it's one, more interesting shows. Season one is also great. Um, season one is truly out of this world. <laughs> Not because it's amazing, but because they are particularly unwell. <laughs> yes i don't think we watch i don't think i've seen straight but yeah oh, okay they're not as interesting for sure no. um my but... favorite thing about the formula of the show is the boom boom room the which boom boom. that's also a great aspect can't great believe is... we talked about that yet. yeah because they all share bedrooms and then there's the boom boom room which is where anyone can just go fuck at any time yes is, is there ever like multiple people fucking at the same time there have been three subs in the boom boom room. So. Yeah, they're in the queer. But season, it's like one big like, bed. At least one five sum, I think. Oh yeah. But oh also, yeah. Oh my god. 
there have been times in some of the straight seasons where people get mad because it's like oh so and so is like using the boom boom room all the time and the rest of us want to have sex but we can't because there's only one room that you can have it, sex in it's in like a uh, prominent location of the house they all share so like they know when people are in yeah there. you know when someone's in the boom boom room for sure <laughs> classic <laughs> um yeah. but yeah I guess I think like one thing about are you the one that I liked um and that my DSA comrade Natalie Adler wrote a really good article about that was in BuzzFeed is just kind of how this show format of are you the one was really uniquely suited to showing like queer relationship failures as well as yeah. successes and that that felt like really exciting to be able to see queer people just being very like messy just like everyone on reality television is um but still in a way that kind of felt like it reflected a lot more like community norms uh than i had ever seen in like a mainstream tv show really um and yeah the rest is history and now i watch so much reality tv i love that i don't think i knew that that was your first one yeah that, i mean I, I had seen reality tv before then especially like competition shows uh my parents are really into uh what is that the one where they like have to travel around the world doing amazing tasks. race amazing race yeah mm. but, like you know that's also a reality show um it's just a very different type of reality show uh which i also love that that type as well but yeah i guess getting this is the first thing that got me into more of the like uh dating slash lifestyle reality shows of this kind yeah yeah also i mean i really liked that it was a lot more like gender diverse than the ultimatum and they handled pronouns better as in at all which i know we're going to get into but there's even like conversations about it on the yes. show um which yeah i specifically see one yeah i mean we'll we'll get to this in the ultimatum yes. but when i was thinking about like oh how could the ultimatum have done this better i was thinking of <laughs> are you the one as like a good example of a show yeah. where they like did address when someone was being misgendered uh which mm -hmm. never once happened on the ultimatum well we didn't even know their genders so right exactly How to know if they were being misgendered who's to say i'll get there we'll get there yes we will i that did make me think of one other thing though when you brought up the amazing race because stassi from vanderpump rules was initially on amazing race and it's like very common for people to be on multiple reality shows which is another thing that non-reality watchers have like not argued with me but there was there was someone with the same name on a different reality show that I hadn't seen. And I was like, oh, is it the same person from this? And they were like, why would they be on two shows? And like a, a lot of them are on two shows. Like <laughs> some nice. people's job is like they have a really entertaining personality. And so they go on reality shows like that's their career. And it doesn't mean that it's like fake and they're not like being real as themselves, but it's like they're entertaining. And so that is their profession. Right. Yeah. I mean, Netflix even has a whole show that's it's yes. a dating perfect match for people who are already reality influencers so that's even another level of yeah. um, so we will probably see folks from the ultimatum again on that definitely we will. yes francesca um and carrie and carrie oh, yeah. in the perfect right. match was on the queer season of are you the one did you know that that's so true yeah that's that's a great point so she's so, just out here. And then she was on Sexy Beast. She's just out here. Oh my God, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Going on what? 
all da- all the <laughs> dating shows that will accept a queer woman and doing her best. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, I guess a couple other um queer reality shows that I wanted to mention. Um, there was this one that wasn't a dating show, but was more of like just a like one of the Kardashian style ones where you're just following people's lives, um, called the real L word. Yeah. And um this was like you know based around the idea of the l word when it was popular but Jax and i tried to watch this at one point and it literally is just like kind of regular not that interesting like liberal white lesbians in la and it's just it just was like very boring wealthy, like yeah no, they're not even like insanely wealthy and like <laughs> unhinged in the way right. that like the people of selling sunset are um, they're just, you know, like upper middle class right. normie. And I was like, why am I watching this? Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I watched some in high school and I don't remember it that well. What I remember is that like I was dating my first girlfriend at the time and a lot of our friends were also queer. And so we were like, this is us. <laughs> but like, for mean, no particular reason. It's Yeah, it was representation. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we could have a season of this. And we could have, to be clear. Oh, 100%. Based on the drama. <laughs> Absolutely. It probably would have been much better than the show that they actually aired. It probably, so, like, I don't actually remember the show. I just remember us being like, we should be the real L word. 100%. <laughs> yes. Um, and then one other kind of older show was Tila Tequila's reality dating show, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Oh, um so we must disclaim she is fully openly a nazi now but um before she had come out as a nazi (laughs) back in 2007 she came out as bisexual and everyone was like let's have a dating show about a bisexual that would be wild um and so they made this show where she was dating people of different genders which they've kind of like recreated now there's this new um paramount plus show love always it's a l l w a y it's horrible um it's like a terrible name um but it's also about a bisexual woman who's like not famous she's not tila tequila but um who's dating both men and women and it's kind of funny how similar both of those shows are in how they portray bisexuality, even though they're like 20 years, 15 years apart. Um, but yeah. That just made me feel old. It, it's, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Well, but, Jax, you brought up... Oh, sorry, Elsie. Oh, no, go ahead. I just wanted to hear Jax's thoughts because you said that that was one of your early faves. Tequila Tequila. I feel like I watched... Now I feel me and my girlfriend at the time would watch all of the show, all the flavor of love, rock of love, Tila Tequila on yep. our landline phone. <laughs> oh my yes. god! About it while watching it, like on the phone. <laughs> yes, That's I love that. Like, who yeah. was Tila Tequila before? Uncle I think, was I think she was just like a nepotism. Oh, yeah, like I feel like she was like an early influencer. I was yeah. looking MySpace influencer. Yeah, she That's was like we the about. most popular okay, person in MySpace yeah. or something. She, she was just like a rich girl, basically. That like, they were it like, was in the era show. of Paris Hilton. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yes, definitely that kind of vibe. Who was also a very prominent figure in early reality television. A hundred percent. Who I did not mention, <laughs> but honorable mention now. Yes. So we're going to get into the ultimatum. I was thinking we could start off just kind of going through each character, including the disaster of a host. And Such we'll a go disaster. From there. Like, yeah, we will get there. But before we do, um, I want to give a content warning that there was mention of domestic violence during the reunion of the show, which I'm sure we will be touching on. Yeah, and that there's just generally master manipulation and gaslighting by a couple different people throughout the entire show. Yeah, as we've already said, pretty much everyone is deeply unwell on this show. So, you know, proceed how it makes the most sense for you. Okay. Um, Who wants to tell us about Lexi? (laughs) I could talk about her. Um, So starting us off is the youngest um, participant on the show. Her name is Lexi. She's a Capricorn. She is like the most Capricorn Capricorn I think I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. Like she will. She's like 23 uh, when the show is going on. Like there was two years basically in between the show and the reunion. Um. So she was 23 and was talking about like like her five-year plan, like all this type of shit, like just just like the work ethic vibe of a Capricorn. Yes. And is she's the one who gave the ultimatum. She's yes. very like, she knows she wants to get married. She wants kids. She's like, let's go. Let's do this. I think at one point she said like, she had realized that her calling in life was to convince people that they should get married. And I was like- that's a little terrifying, but I admire the commitment to what you care about. Yeah. <laughs> her mom was like a wedding planner and her dad was oh, she was like, I was born to get married. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, and also <sighs> like in the beginning of the show which we'll get into. Lexi was actually kind of cool in the sense that Lexi was one of the first people to call out Vanessa's manipulative behavior, which yeah. we're going to get into that in a bit. But then Lexi became too aggressive IMO towards Ray, um, who is a precious yeah, baby I angel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just was going to say, I think like she came across to me as one of the more emotionally well-adjusted people on the show which is not saying a lot at all (laughs) the bar is low the bar is on the floor but and like she she and mal seem to have a really genuinely nice relationship which we're gonna talk about but like that i thought spoke very well of her like emotional maturity basically absolutely yeah and lexi ultimatumed raylan Yes. yes, I don't think I know it's her full name was Raylan. <laughs> I just there's my Ray in the show. Um, yes, but yes, she she was our token Cancer, our um, token water sign. There were no yeah. other water signs. That's wild. That really just That's tells you a lot about who goes on reality TV, though. Like, why would a water sign <laughs> want to be in that environment? I say. I'm like, she is like was like the most boring, least favorite person to me. Oh, I'm like, oh, she was just a little water sign in this. Shot. Yeah. Well, I literally feel like so a lot of the people who were given the ultimatum, which Ray was given the ultimatum, it feels a bit like those were the ones that were more like convinced to be on the show. Um, and with Ray, it came out right. in a few different ways. Um, 
But like, yeah, I agree with you, Jax. Like, she's real. She's really not that interesting. However, I do feel like she was kind of thrown to the wolves in a few different regards, and um, I just feel like she truly was a person who ended up having like a pretty massive breakdown, particularly when. Um, so the way that the show is structured, just briefly, in case you're unaware, is like people come in with their partners that you know they have been with for a while they start to date each other then they each pick a person live with that new person for three weeks and then live with their partner they arrived with for three weeks and Ray really started to fully decline in that second set of three weeks when she was back with um Lexi and I just, you know, it didn't really draw as much attention as we will get into, but I truly started to feel bad for her, especially when Zoe and I looked up the the astrology and I was just like, <laughs> this bitch is just a cancer. Like, she can't handle this shit. It's like, and who could blame her? Yeah, I found and sent Addie a list of all of their signs while we were watching. And I just remember, like... We were talking about, and then Adelaide was like, I just went back and looked again. Like, just keep looking at this list. <laughs> Double check. Yeah, it, I definitely, I didn't realize Ray was a cancer while I was watching, but overall I did feel like a lot, like, I felt like protective towards her. She seemed like she was having a hard time. Yeah. And didn't really want to be there. Um, but let's move on to our next couple yoli and mal um so yoli is a leo which i also the didn't know but sign. she is she has amazing hair i'm no wonder i liked her until i didn't but we'll get into that <laughs> but yes i definitely i also felt like at least initially she seemed like one of the more like well-adjusted people who like really like yoli and mal seem to have a really loving relationship um and that was they were nice. definitely more mature than some of the yeah others. Like, even like yeah we'll we'll get into the everything that came after but like yeah. i think even in within that they handled it better than some other couples that we will talk about um but yes i liked yoli and i also liked mal um mm, yes i do want to say too that yoli has since come forward to say that part of the reason and yoli was the one who issued the ultimatum to mal um is that mal cheated on yoli before coming onto the show which is important context i think for how their stuff plays out um but i do find yeah. it interesting that yeah they definitely were one of the more communicative people and i think Jax had a good um observation about one of the reasons that might be the case yeah i also <laughs> just wanted to add the way that i slash addy know that about yoli is that yoli's from chicago shout out and was hosting watch parties um at like a bar and I did not go, but I saw someone talking about how it was like at the watch parties that she told people that Mal cheated on her. That makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that, but I yeah, feel like I don't know was... that it was like that widespread information. Like, I don't know like how broad of a reach that got because it was also like after the show and they were watching it. But yeah, she was like at this bar, presumably 
drinking and was like telling people that came to her watch party that um well should we talk about mal i feel like addy you should start us off because yeah you're mal a huge i'm just like <laughs> i fucking love mal so it's funny because before i watched this show a tiktok came across my algorithm that was of mal i realized after i had started oh. watching the the show um, and now you're watching them in your dreams. Oh, literally, I had a dream about them last <laughs> I night. I, I, I was like, wow, it's happening. It's all happening. Um, but yeah, so Mal is a Virgo, uses they and she pronouns. And like, yes, do they radiate big dick energy slash like kind of player energy? Yes. Do I think they're also a really caring and cool and extremely hot individual also yes <laughs> yeah but Mal that also makes sense because i feel like their mal's thing is that like they don't want to get married because they're not like financially prepared enough which i feel like can come across as kind of a bullshitty excuse but <laughs> they did kind of give the vibe that they actually were very worried about the logistics which is virgo, is, is virgo <laughs> yeah <laughs> Didn't they also say they want to be with someone for like five plus years or something? Like they like wanted a very long timeline, which isn't like they a bad thing, that... but it is kind of Virgo-y. Yeah. <laughs> Their parents have been together for like 50 years or something. And they're like, we can wait. Right. They mm -hmm. didn't get married until, my parents didn't get married until 10 years into their 50 year marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mal is objectively the hottest, but... They do have just like a strong fuckboy energy that, you know, isn't for me, but I wouldn't date anyone on this show if I was paid a lot of money to do so. Um, so that's just me. Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think that anyone could actually date Mal long term. I absolutely believe in you to hook up with Mal, though. I, honestly, let's manifest this for me. I don't need it to okay. be anything yeah. more than that. I yeah, it right. So that I think they're great for. Yeah. And I, no I would like sexual to ride a scooter with them, which was what the TikTok was about. I would love to ride oh, a scooter with them. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, just like a nice little scooter, scoot, scoot together, and then have really good sex. <laughs> yeah. I got like a sponsored ad that was like, Mal from the ultimatum is uh outbox, which is like this trans uh <laughs> boxing place me and Ozzy went to. Oh <laughs> There's like a whole video of them like Are they in New York? Like they live in New York? Yes. Yeah. I, I just know that Yoli's in Chicago because of the watch parties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's Jax, okay. do you want to tell us about Tiff and Mildred, our next couple? Oh my god. <laughs> Let's go back to Yoli and I feel like I have so much to say about Yoli and Mal and Tiffany. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think Yoli is objectively the hottest, but they are both objectively the best communicators. Yes. And did anyone else notice the copy of Ethical Slut just sitting on yep. their table? <laughs> I'm always paying attention to what people are reading, but I don't know. I liked when, like, I just feel like Mal handled the whole, like, seeing Yoli fall in love with Xander so well. And there's just, like, a part that was, like, it wasn't hard to watch y'all fall in love. Like, that's, it's a beautiful thing to watch people fall in love. Yeah. That was nice. I feel like that, um, 
I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but yes, like, I feel like that was, they all handled it well. Yeah, although on the reunion, Mal kind of walked that back when they actually knew what happened. I completely agree. Yeah. I know. And there's, like, oh, sorry. There's, like, some theories that, like, the reason why Mal was so good was because of the cheating and the guilt that, like, came with that. And then by the time that the reunion came along, like, that had dissipated, so, like... But either way, yeah, it was really nice to sense. see. Yes. Yeah. I just got the biggest vibe from them. Like, this is the couple who, like, seems like they're in therapy. Right. They're reading their books. They're, like, <laughs> trying to use their tools. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're not all great communicators all the time. But it's, yeah. like, also everyone... I wouldn't want to watch reality TV if they're all great communicators. <laughs> right. So true. Well, Yoli was definitely the most, like, direct, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, speaking of people who were not great communicators. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let's talk about Tiff and Mildred. Um, So, Uh. Tiff is a they-them, which, and an Aquarius, um, which I'm still mad that the show did not tell us anything about, um, and just let Mildred misgender them throughout the entire thing, and everyone else. Um, yeah, and the show just she teacher. heard everyone across the board for yeah, anyone who didn't like watch um, except uh, sometimes them to each other, which it's weird. Like I remember Vanessa being very good at gendering people correctly, and that's what made me like be like, oh, that's interesting. See, I want to go back and watch now because I didn't notice the first time as much because I just assumed that the show would be using people's correct pronouns. I thought that at first. I didn't realize. Yeah, so the, I feel like I have to go back and try to catch more stuff like that. That's what I thought uh, at first. And then I was like, there's just no way that these are all she, her, human beings. Exactly. That's uh, what I was saying the whole time I'm we were watching. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no way that Tiff uses she, her pronouns. I don't. Right? I'm not. I'm like Xander. Uh, I was like, how? I yeah, I was like, I don't understand yeah. that we're pretending Xander is a woman. Also, I like, cannot. And Aussie. Like, yeah. yes. Yes. Definitely. So um, basically half of the cast. Literally. Yes. Which is pretty Aussie much how sapphic relationships are. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know if I have, I feel like we'll talk about Tiff and Mildred at the reunion because there was a lot of drama there. Yeah. Um, in the show, I found them sort of one of the more boring couples. They were like, Agreed. okay Agreed. at communicating, but also it was sort of frustrating what? to watch them fight. Like, you were okay at communicating? Tiff and Mildred. I don't want to cancel I feel like Aussie was the worst fucking communicator and yes, everyone agreed. was shifting the focus yeah, to Tiff and Mildred. Leave. Like, at least Tiff and Mildred would have a conversation. It would be very painful to watch, but it was just like I like hated watching that more because it was too like, oh god, they're actually having a real fight right now. Um, yeah. Aussie's a Stonewaller, and we hate that. We do. And we will get <laughs> to Aussie. <laughs> well, should we talk about Vanessa and Xander and then Aussie yes. and Sam? Yeah, I'm realizing we're, 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 uh, we, there's so much to talk about, y'all. There's truly so much to talk about. There is. Um, so, yeah, just quickly, the Tiff and Mildred thing, um, the other thing to note is that Mildred was the one who gave the ultimatum to Tiff. And one of the things that Tiff kind of said really early on was like, 
I do want to get married to Mildred, but I actually don't know if Mildred would stick with me because of how things have been with us. Um, so that that couple and Mildred had been married before, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that's important to note because that was the only couple that that was really the case for. Um, yeah. So, okay, next up, Vanessa and Xander. So Vanessa is, which we've kind of been talking about her. She's um, a cis woman, a Virgo, and she's- And the, that's all you need to know. No, the the master <laughs> manipulator of the show. Um, there's oh There's a clip that really shows her, I mean, there's so many moments of her manipulating everyone, but most particularly Xander. Um but she does it to a bunch of people. And um, her dad even calls her out for it. Like, they all have things with, like, their parents and stuff like that. But it's, like, Vanessa was a little bit triggering for me just, like, as a uh, thing for people to know because That's what I'm saying. the gaslighting was so intense. It... it it really, but the I think the reason, Jax, why people are like their thing is shifted is because Vanessa did her job in the sense of being a master manipulator and gaslighting people into being like confused, I'm, right? It's so fucked up. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like everyone has turned around and been like, oh, well, actually, like after this reunion, we now see that Mildred is the most fucked up person on the show. And Vanessa is like, this character arc that it's like she's and it's just like no y'all are all fucking fooled because she's a gaslighter yeah yeah i did see an interesting tiktok and i forget if this was in the same clip that you posted um talking about how like part of why vanessa's like my manipulation was like so clear is because of like how sped up the dating was like they were in these like very intense like three week long relationships and so like that cycle of like gaslighting and manipulation was happening like faster than it often does Mm -hmm. in a real not tv show relationship and vanessa was given the ultimatum as soon as she gets there she's like we're gonna fucking all fuck like all this stuff like was like basically like xander who um xander yeah she also literally said like in these words that she thought they would come on the show and xander wouldn't be able to find anyone else to date because they're not good enough for anyone else to want to date them was like the implication and that she was going to be so popular and it would like basically prove to xander that like she's so great and they should be fine not getting married or whatever she's an even like yeah. Dealing with a narcissist one on one. Literally, yeah. like, she's literally she a narcissist. So focused on herself. And I went back, I was just like re-watching the intro that they did. And I realized like I kind of missed this when it was initially introduced, but I think it's a very important Vanessa and Xander are like high school school friends who had like a boy they dated in common and came out as queer after they initially knew each other reconnected Mm. before xander was really out and it was like through this relationship that xander has come out um her gender presentation changed really dramatically um they went from presenting super femme to the much more 
butch androgynous vibe that we see on the show um so it's really clear that they've undergone like a huge identity shift in a very short time all while dating vanessa Mm, and i feel like i was seeing from them this very classic trans thing and also just generally queer thing of like feeling like they're not good enough and they don't deserve love essentially and like they have to stay with vanessa because that's the only person who's ever going to love them and by the end of the show, I think they realized that that was not the case, yeah. which was really cool to see. Because Xander um, actually rules. Like, Xander was one of my favorite. Yes. Like, if, if Mal wasn't my, like, if Mal and also Yoli were my, not my faves, it would also be Xander. Because yeah. they're, they just, they like. such a sweet vibe. Yeah. And, like. Did their Gemini stuff pop out a couple times? Yes, but it became it was because of, I believe, Vanessa's like volatility um, that Xander wanted to keep some stuff more like on the down low than like Yoli was very upfront about all of her feelings and all the things because um, Yoli and Xander ended up being in the trial marriage. And it was absolutely the most successful of those trial marriages as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then the last couple on the show was um, Ozzy and Sam. So, okay. Ozzy's a Gemini. Here's one of my gripes with Ozzy. And oh, this is many. so cursed. Yes. Okay. I did not realize. I know. Really Ozzy like was their chosen me. name and they are Australian and their chosen name is yeah, Ozzy. So I- right away and I was like what the fuck is up with this like- I was joking with my friend that like they were you know felt like doing a name change and like we're answering the question of like their nationality and they were like I'm Aussie and then the person oh, was just like God. name well Jax's theory was that it was a nickname that they've like spent time only with non-Australian people sure. so maybe that was like okay. but yeah like it is very silly to yeah. just be like it's so okay. strange it's you it's could odd. pick anything in the world and you just picked aussie <laughs> yeah um so i don't get it but i would say that aussie's personality and also aussie's pronouns are aussie um can be summed up as just like the person who immediately leaves the room to avoid any conflict or accountability like jacks mentioned and then on the other hand Ozzy did have, like, a full PTSD breakdown on camera that was, like, extremely uncomfortable to watch. Um, In the, like, to give the producers some credit, they did pull Ozzy out of the scene and have Ozzy go in, like, a camera van and and took them away from it, which not all reality shows do because the drama is the entertainment. And so I do think that that was, like, a good thing that the show did to be like, yeah, we're not going to continue to film this. Yes. I also, I just wanted to say Ozzy is one of the people who made me realize what was going on with the pronouns because Mm, after, I think Ozzy, were Ozzy and Mildred? Yes. 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 (laughs) An absolute train wreck. (laughs) The most and and the least confrontational people. Started, yeah. Um, after they started their trial marriage, I noticed that Mildred started using they, them pronouns for Ozzy, where everyone else was using she, her. Um, and and so I think there was a scene where Ozzy was like, you know, am I a man? Am I like, you know, there was like a conversation of Ozzy talking about Ozzy's gender. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess what I, my understanding is that Ozzy also uses they, them, like at, 
for like necessity slash grammatical reasons um mm -hmm. but tip but like prefers ozzy but um i think that at that moment in the show i thought ozzy was like having a gender revelation mm. when actually i feel like they were just describing something that like ozzy already knew about themselves this whole time yeah. like throughout the show but because the show didn't like tell us anything about anyone's gender it seemed like a reveal or like this was coming out in this relationship so for a second i was like oh this could be like a great supportive relationship where they're like feeling open about their gender identity mm -hmm. but that was a total red herring um but yeah ozzy's initial partner was sam um and ozzy was the one who was given the ultimatum by sam yes um and I feel like Sam also was a very, like, quiet presence on the show. Like, I feel like I didn't get a super strong impression of her. Um, but she seemed sweet. Autostraddle wrote her as the emotional support femme. Yes, I completely <laughs> agree. Mm -hmm. That's why she that seems very accurate. Yeah. I don't know why I thought her name was Michelle for the entire season. It's so funny because no we would why. talk about it and you'd One be like, Michelle. And I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is that? I just, my brain oh decided my that her name was Michelle and I stuck with it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, she, she definitely, the, th the way that her personality came out was actually through her time with Tiff in the trial marriage because Tiff was on combat mode because of the toxicity between them and Mildred right but you know and was on autopilot in this way that they've like since talked about but um Sam when it comes back to the time with Sam and Ozzy in the second three weeks Sam's sticking up for herself we see this other side of Sam and at the reunion we see even more of that brought out I think because you know there's been more time and I do think that this thing Sam had to realize on the show is that she was just allowing this toxic behavior of Aussie to persist. Um, not necessarily her fault at all, more like she didn't have the tools to deal with it. And um, once she realized like she really needed to yeah. just stick up for and herself. And I mean, Aussie was just very effective at stonewalling. <laughs> like it was, I feel like it was just hard for her to, do anything about it at a certain point definitely yeah well the entire fucking show i thought there was a 15 oh my god yes age i went back and looked that also it's my autistic ass read the captions too fast and thought it said 15 years it said 1.5 years <laughs> so the entire show so i'm like, like literally i was like wait, wait so did you why think they older? if they had been dating for 15 years it would mean they met when sam was 16 and ozzy was like 28 or something oh god um, and i was like why yeah we were like ozzy was older by 15 years uh, like 12-ish years, I think. But, okay. you know, they're in actual... Right now, they're like 
30 and 40. Yes, so right. it's not that weird of a gap. But no, like, are you, didn't yeah. you say it's just 1.5 years? But yes, if they've only been dating for two years. And that makes so like, much when the more sense. Starts. Because I'm like, there is some very important backstory we're missing here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So just the age gap is 10 years, but they were together off. for 1.5 years. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was confusing. But I'm sitting here thinking that, like, how the hell did these people right. meet when she was in high school? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> okay. Yeah. And then I just want to talk about the host a little bit, and then we'll get into more of the drama. So the host is uh, Joanna Garcia Swisher, um, uses she, her pronouns, is a Leo, which, okay, work on that. Yeah, um, work on that. <laughs> So I have, like, nothing against her as an actress or as a person. Like, she seems sweet. She is not equipped to host reality television. No, not at all. all. Um, I will say... Yeah. Yeah, I saw people saying, like, part of why she was the host was because Nick and Vanessa Lachey, who were the hosts of the previous season of Ultimatum, um, were, like, ousted after the past season of Love is Blind, which didn't happen until after after it filmed but i think maybe netflix just like knew they didn't do a good job and wanted a different host for this and also they are like so aggressively straight um joanna is yeah. as far yeah hit someone specific for the queer season but then she's not Who's straight right yeah. yeah and and the the people call it out in the first episode the contestants yeah they're yeah. Like, yeah they're like, like oh wait, so are you queer straight, too right? and she was like no i am in fact straight <laughs> yeah so it's very strange she also just doesn't have a confrontational bone in her body, which is like what you need to host a show like Especially this. Especially a reunion. <laughs> yes. Especially also all of the around the table talks when they were all there. Oh, like yeah. you need someone yeah. who like not necessarily confrontational, but is going to like put people in their place and like take charge of the situation. Right. Right. So that's our cast. Well. Um, it turns out that us getting through all of the characters took more time than we thought. And so we're going to leave you on a cliffhanger, just like the show did. So <laughs> <laughs> in the, you know, what's it called? The tradition of reality television, we're going to make you wait till next time. And next time we will be going through the episodes and getting really into the drama of all of the couples that we just described. So that will be coming out. A week from this one? Yeah. And if you made it through this and you hadn't watched it, but now you're curious because we didn't now you really have time. spoil too much, you have time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I do know quite a few people I've talked to who have sort of been waiting to watch it just because they know it's going to be emotionally difficult. Mm. So if you're one of those people, maybe now go watch it and then you can come back and commiserate with us knowing that we'll be here for you um Jax will. will be here for you and all of us and we, we can't wait <laughs> yes well if you want to join the conversation um and get into a queer community that is not toxic you can all uh, join us at patreon.com slash season of the bitch you can rate review subscribe on itunes you can follow us at season of the bee on twitter and instagram and you can uh go to our website 
seasonofthebee.com. There's really cute merch there. Yeah. Yes. So friggin' true. Addie is wearing some right now. I am almost always wearing some, but right now I'm wearing my Philly shirt for the Phillies game. Powerful. And a special shout out and thank you to Jax. We freaking love you. We can't wait to talk to you again. You're a precious baby angel, but also freaking powerful. Um, Follow them on Instagram. Yes. Which Ozzy already told you about. Yes. Jax underscore stone. (laughs) Perfect. Well, we'll see you next week. We're breaking our every other week tradition for this very important. Or very important. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. That's important. So we will see you then. If you're still listening, you're once again a real one. The real one. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.